Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in the Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Strick and Roll. This is episode 22. I am joined by a very special guest, has never done a podcast before, definitely not with me. His name is Prez. That's at Presidente on Twitter. Prez, how are you doing? You know, first time, long time. Been excited to jump on this pod for a while. Uh, happy, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Trying not to get fined. Hopefully I can come back some other time. That's good. That was your one uh, football reference for the pod, right? Right there. Exactly. Only because that crossed over into like a pop culture reference. <laughs> but before we get started, I do have to make an announcement. The Strickland has Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland that I do every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never stops. You also get access to... The Doug Bag, a.k.a. Drew Steele's mailbag that he does every other week. There For their tiers, there's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also, and much more importantly, get access to premium articles, weekly premium articles by the wonderful Jack Hunley, Matthew Miranda, and others to the best in the business. Uh, there are even more tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like merchandise discounts, listening in on pod recordings, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, so without further ado, let's get started. We have spent much time discussing uh, our dismay over... Uh, many things, Nick's right now. Uh, the state of the roster, the uh, uncertainty of roles and minutes for certain select sons of ours on the team. Um, but I don't want to talk about that today. We have spent enough time crying about these things. Uh, what I want to talk about is what we want to see from these individual young players and independent of the current state of the roster how we ideally would use them this year. Um, so, like, we can just, like, I think we should probably start with RJ Barrett. One, because uh, he is now the highest paid Nick on the team. Um, but also because you did a, a very nice little cute thread on his pull-up shooting, uh, which I, I think to some degree, uh, you know, is one of the key improvements that he needs to make. Um but, you know, look, I think let's just start at first, though, with just with the contract. Uh, look, I think we both like RJ a lot. Uh, I have been really, I mean, we've talked about this basically since he joined the Knicks, but like really been pleasantly surprised with kind of how he's conducted himself. Not that I was ever worried about like, is he going to not, you know, be a pro? Like, is he not going to be, is he going to be unprofessional? Is he not going to like, 
work his mm. ass off, but more in the sense of like at Duke, there was kind of the idea of like, he is this singular, like, give me the ball and I'm going to take 30 shots a game. And I don't give a shit about anything else type of player. Um, and I think with the Knicks, we've seen him like adapt to a lot of different roles and a lot of different um, asks of him. But like, he's now entering year four. He got his contract extension. We don't need to dive into uh, the circumstances. Never, I hopefully never again have to talk about the circumstances surrounding his extension. Um, <laughs> but like, I think it's it's time now for him to just basically, like, dude, flashes are cool, but we need to just see the consistency game to game, week to week, month to month, uh, from the start of the season through to the end of the season. Uh, you know, the efficiency has to get better and all these things. Uh, is that kind of where you're at, you know, broad strokes, big picture for RJ at this point? I'd say for the most part, yeah. He's, um, you know, he's at the point in his development where he has a couple of things that he's already elite at, a couple of things that he needs to get solid at, like passing and defense. Not that he's bad at those things, but like he can just do a little bit more and it's a very reasonable. Passing for sure. Like he's too good a passer to not average like four and a half, five assists in my opinion. Yeah. And he just, he's at the point where like, if you drive that much without, um, without passing, you have to be like De'Aaron Fox drives, an insane rate and never passes and he's an incredible finisher and his lack of passing i don't want to say it negates the driving but it it makes it a whole lot less cool than it would be and a lot less impactful than it would be um and we've seen that with rj right where like he drives into traffic and it's just bad decision making and not passing not only means you're giving you you're exchanging a good teammate a good shot for someone else for a bad shot for yourself it that's when he takes the short mid-range shots which is the thing i'd like him to remove from his game the most this year um if you look at his shot distribution he took over 100 short mid-range shots which is way too many for someone who sucks at them to be frank and if you just replace that with like a couple of passes and a couple of layups, you'll be fine. Um, so he's at this weird point where the thi- there's like three or four things that I don't want to say he needs to do at any cost, but he needs to make a couple of small improvements in a couple areas. And he doesn't have to do all of them, but he has to do some of them. So in no particular order, there's the pull-up shooting has to go from bad accuracy to just okay the short mid-range volume has to go from a lot to just a medium amount the at rim finishing should probably go from okay to a little better than okay um the passing should go from sometimes to a little bit more so like that's what i'm saying none of these by themselves are you know, you're not asking like Emmanuel quickly to get like 50 dunks here. It's, it's not like impossible stuff. But whoa, 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 whoa! 
<laughs> Yo, as a slight tangent, as a slight tangent, I don't know if people saw the clip of Jalen Brunson just catching a windmill off like one dribble <laughs> in practice. And that's the kind of shit that makes me think these guys, like if you were like, we'll give you a hundred million dollars if you caught 50 dunks in a year, they could probably do it. They would just, the rest of the game would suffer, but they could do it. Um, but yeah, so, so RJ, he's, he has three or four or five things that are not difficult, each of which could significantly change his game for the better. And he doesn't have to do all of them, but if he doesn't do, I would say at least two of them, then I'd probably be disappointed. I feel like that's pretty fair because if you think about it, like passing, eliminating short mid-range shots, a little better on pull-up shots, and... What was the fourth one? Uh, rim finishing. And the fifth one would be defense. So it's five things. Let's put defense aside because I'm pretty sure that was just because his usage shot up. Because I, I, I really don't even think his defense was bad. I just think it no, was no, like... No, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it just yeah, could it was, be better. Yeah, yeah. For sure it can be better. I think like it was... Yeah, yeah it was definitely... Look, he, he definitely wasn't as good defensively as he was the year before. Um, but it will also like... It was mostly just like, okay, you're getting back cut a few too many times. But it's not like you had a bunch of teams like ISOing him and right, just right. destroying him like that. Or, or, you know, he was like losing track of shooters constantly or anything like that. Was he like, was playing like 80 minutes per game on a really good defense. So, like, his defense was mostly fine. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's, he's at his role on the defense. It, what, he wasn't hiding not that they hid julius like teams you know hid like uh like real bummy defenders or some shit but like they weren't giving julius a lot of responsibility as one of the two wings but rj actually got a ton of responsibility so i think the combination of more usage higher like higher value on ball assignments like if you think about it just from like a i know these analogies are always flawed but like if you think about pickup hoops if you got to D the best guy on the team for most of the game and you have to score all the points and occasionally you're like matched up with a bum on defense instead of the best player, that guy, if they're smart, could easily just like back cut you or just run around a screen and fuck you up because they know that you know that this is your one chance to take a rest. And I think that's what kind of happened to RJ. Like it's just, it's tough. So other teams took advantage of that, right? Coaches have, they know that and they'll take advantage of that as well. So um, yeah, I agree. So put the defense aside. The other four things, just short mid range, getting rid of those. I don't even care if he gets better at though. I just want him to shoot less of them at rim, pull up and passing. Like give me two of those four. I'll be very content. And if he either makes a big leap in any single one of those or he gets better at more than two of those. I would say, I'm not going to say he's an all-star because the East is stacked, but he's going to be all-star level. If he can do that, then like he's, he's, he's a lot closer to all-star level impact than people think, which is weird. Cause he's like our marquee, you know, guy and highest paid player now, but he's right there. I know like the TS merchants on Twitter would, would have you think otherwise, but not all player development next steps are created equal. So uh, I, I am looking forward to what he does now, especially now that he'll have like 
be able to play off Jalen and all that shit. So, um, yeah. So I think uh, for me, the short mid range stuff is like one hundred percent tied to passing. Like I think those are one hundred percent tied together because mm-hmm. I'm with you. Like I don't give a fuck if he gets better at it. I just think he needs to just take less of those shots. Yeah, and that can either be in the form of like drawing more fouls, getting all the way to the rim more. But really, the easy one is passing. Because yeah, it like, doesn't even have to be an assist. It could just be like, oh, let me kick out to my other talented teammates and they'll figure it out. <laughs> well, it's like, so he creates, like, he averaged, what, like 15 drives per game or something last year? It was something- in, the, in the end, towards the end of the season, it was like 17 or something, like after January 1st. Yeah. And so, like... It was top 10 in the week. Yeah. So, like, he's already collapsing defenses pretty consistently. Like, he's forcing defenses to rotate because I promise you, it does not matter how shit he is at finishing at the rim. Like, you're not just giving a wing or anybody for that matter. Like, if they can get to the rim <laughs> or get into the paint as often as he does, defenses have to account for that. They have to collapse down. He forces rotations. If he just kicks out more, and like you said, it doesn't need to be for him to get the assist. It can just be like, okay, I see the defender helping off his man slightly, kick it to that guy. Now he has an advantage for him to like try to multiply, right? Like Mm -hmm. to try to take advantage of. And, you know, that is like really half the battle for him because if he does that, like it's go- he's one he's naturally going to get more assists but his efficiency is going to jump mm-hmm. up like and we're not talking about some like massive overhaul of his game what you're really talking about is like right. taking tweaks two- yeah and it's like it's taking like two or three shots maximum a game and turning them into passes right like that is what you're talking about and um i just think like that is so like to me those are the those two are tied together for sure. And, you know, uh, we should talk about the pull-up shooting because you did do a thread on this, like the specifics of it, but um, I don't have strong thoughts on it. I think it's a, he took the first step last year in terms of like, okay, he's taking those shots now, right? right. He is like consistently willing to take those shots, which is half the battle. Half the battle is just the willingness to take those shots. Um, now comes the other half, which is the more important half, arguably, uh, is um, actually making them at a respectable clip. And, you know, um, it, this is not just from three. Obviously, that's the most important one, but it's also, like, tied to his mid-range. And I think this is why sometimes at the end of games he struggles as a scorer because, you know, you're less able to get to the all the way to the rim in endgame situations, right? Like, that's when defenses are really keyed in. So you need to have that pull-up mid-range ability to an extent. You know, you don't need to be a sniper with it, but it needs to be something that you can be comfortable going to. And I think you can tell that he's not comfortable going to that, or at least he hasn't been comfortable going to that. So uh, that, to me, is like, you know, I think that is where I stand on it. Um, As a not-shot mechanics guy, I can't tell you, like, what he needs to be doing better specifically. I just know that 
he needs to be more comfortable with it, and obviously he needs to hit it at a higher clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thread didn't focus on the mid-range stuff, but it it's it stems from the same thing, right? Like he's he wasn't good at pull-up shooting threes or mid-range, and um, so in my thread, for folks who didn't see it, go fucking watch it or read it or whatever. But the summary is like he made. He took nine. I want to say, what is it? Ninety-seven pull-up threes, made. No, he took ninety-one, made twenty-one, and that's twenty-five percent, which is a bad number. But he doesn't have to get like pull-up shooting is not for people who don't know. Some players like Steph, and then a couple of other random players like Mike Conley, are incredible pull-up three-point shooters, and they'll put up like. If you look up their pull-up shooting numbers, it'll be like high 30s julius in his most improved season shot 40 percent on pull-up three so like we're alec burke we're, shout out alec burke exactly I, every yeah he, he could do that shit every year until he can't fucking walk um <laughs> so some people like ab can do that but uh steph is also people, an alien by the way yeah steph is also an alien exactly like <laughs> whatever he doesn't even matter for this conversation um but most people like even the the pull-up beasts who are who we think that like james harden or luca or jason tatum right are really in the like mid low 30s on high volume it's really the threat and then obviously like sometimes they get hot and then they start making them and then you're fucked but like it, it you know it, it's the numbers are different so he, he he's at 25 percent on pull-up threes and he doesn't have to get to 40 he has to get to pretty much like 33 because he's a good yeah. catch and shoot shooter and he'll get some of those, at, and he'll hit those really at a high clip like he always does. And then his overall shit will be, like, high 30s or whatever. So in terms of numbers, that's what you're aiming for. And just looking at them, whenever he would take it off of a two-foot hop, um, it, it just looked a lot cleaner. And I looked at all of the pull-ups he shot, and the numbers kind of bared that out. He took – he made 20 – 21 pull-up threes total, and ones off of two feet hopping into it were about half of those, which is kind of crazy. So, like, request number one is just take more of those because he's clearly already comfortable with that. And then the second part is you can't, as much as I would love to be, like, he should take, he should make that his primary thing. Like, 80, like all the time when he shoots pull-ups, they should be off two feet. You can do that. Um in mid-range and from three, like, some players used to do that a shit ton. Um, I remember Courtney Lee did that on, like, every single mid-range shot he took, which was most of his shots, um, and he was pretty good at that. Yeah, he was a great mid-range shooter. Yeah, Rip, uh, famously, was, like, a he hopped into a lot of his shots um, as a mid-range shooter, but the advantage of, you, like, in the modern NBA, it's just, if you're going to be a big-time scorer, it really is just... You should probably have both in your bag, so he can't, he just can't suck at the um like what's called the one two step footwork pull up shots because a like you're gonna need to do that, but more importantly to get to what you were saying, that's the primary footwork for mid range shooting. For mid range shooting, you don't really it's a lot harder to do the two foot hop that you can do when somebody goes behind the screen from the three-point line and you have more time. And the mid-range is a lot harder, so um, he has to iron that out, and I'm sure he is working with Drew Hanlon or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's it's obviously the key for him um, is you know it, it is to to get that down. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I mean, look, I, I want to just say this because there was a lot of like consternation uh, is the word I would I would use uh, about the fact that he was involved as a piece discussed in Donovan Mitchell trade talks. And a lot of people were like, how the fuck can you do that? You know, he's, you can't trade him for Donovan Mitchell. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and I just got to say, like, I am not the world's biggest Donovan Mitchell believer. I am totally happy that we did not make the trade. That said, uh, if you, I, I didn't have an issue actually with them involving him in, in the discussion, because I think, like, as much as I like RJ and I believe in him, he hasn't established himself at an all-star level. He hasn't established himself as an efficient 20-plus point-per-game scorer. He hasn't established himself as a top-end offensive weapon in this league. Um, and, like, if you were that upset... if There are many reasons to be out right now on this front office. Um, and trust me, I am... Tempted to get there myself at times. Come um, back to us next week for Pod Strickland. <laughs> um, but, but like, the reason to be out on this front office to me isn't that RJ Bear is involved in the trade talks. But if you are out on them for that reason, then you need to hold RJ Barrett to a high standard next year. We cannot, I'm not buying any of this, like, oh, the spacing wasn't good and like, the situation wasn't ideal. No, 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 no. Like, if you were out on the front office because he was even involved, he was even on the table for a perennial all-star level guard like Donovan Mitchell, who is, you know, whatever his flaws, that dude is a fucking bucket. He is a problem uh, that defenses have to account for and pay attention to at a high level um, every single night. Score. Yeah, right. Quick tangent, like... When I was looking at RJ's, um, I was looking at his success on drives, and he shot. He, he drove a lot, like we talked about, and he shot forty-one percent on drives, which is not low. I mean, it's not high, and you would think that number is higher because drives usually result in layups. Except for RJ, number one, it doesn't because he takes a lot of short mid-range shots on drives. But actually, a lot of other players are kind of in that. No, he shot 39%, so he can definitely get better. Jason Tatum shot 41%. Franz Wagner, Scotty Barnes both shot 41%. Jimmy Butler shot 37%. Jalen Brown shot 47%. Donnie shot 50% on drives. So, like, he's, like, a ridiculous high-volume shooter who's accurate from, like, every which way on three and also is, like, unbelievable at the rim despite being, you know, shorter, so... Just man, like I, I was just curious. I was like, let me see what this motherfucker shoots at the rim. And of course, it was some fucking crazy number. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, like, so if you're that upset that he was even on the table, and that's why you're out on the front office, then that should inform you that you should hold RJ Barrett to the standard of like he needs to be an All Star caliber player moving forward. And I'm not sure if I'm there, like, in the sense of. Um, he has to be that next year, but like it's got to be coming. You know what I mean? It's got to be. We we have to be working towards that. We have to see tangible progress 
towards him achieving that level because like I mean at the like let's just be honest here the Knicks need him or somebody to take that type of step if we are going somewhere you know what I mean like if they've they've put a pretty big bet on RJ and we all love him I love his mentality I love his drive I love the way he carries himself I think like like he's definitely a guy that given all of those things I would love for him to like be a you know 15 16 17 year New York Nick player but like it's got to start like that that the, the real steps towards stardom um which you know look we can poo poo the efficiency stuff and explain why it wasn't there last year and all that kind of stuff but like at the end of the day you can't be an all-star without being an efficient scorer you know what i mean like, like he doesn't have to be you know the most efficient scorer but it's got to be you know 54 or 55 true shooting at least Right, get that's there. league average. Like, and I know he has higher usage than league average, but that's the whole point. Is like, there's a lot of guys who, if you told them shoot twenty times a game, they could be inefficient and do that. Um, not to say guys can easily do what he does driving, but yeah, I I think and that's why I come back to like, if there's four offensive areas, give or take, that he needs to improve on, he doesn't need to do all of them this year. Um, if he did all of them, then Jesus Christ, that would be like. If he does all that, then he's one hundred percent all star. And he's more than an all star. Yeah, then shit. we're yeah we're talking about like potentially, you know, an all NBA caliber type of player. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just give me a couple of those, and I'll be a happy camper, and I think it will go a long way for uh his reputation, and then also just how the Knicks play, because you pretty much. You don't really know what you're going to get from Julius. Um, you know what you, I, I'm going to say? that I feel like I know what I'm going to get from Jalen Brunson. Um, I think most of the bench and role players, the kids, you know you, what good stuff you're going to get from them. So he's he's a swing factor, right? Like, And I don't mean that he's there's a chance he's bad like Julius, but like... Yeah, no, he'll never... Yeah, that, yeah that, like, like he's just built way different. Like he's not a sensitive little... Whatever. You know, uh, you know, you know. He, you're gonna get last year to RJ at minimum, pretty much. It's just the range of what new stuff you get is um, it's up in the air. Although I will say, it's not like a what Berman said or whatever, who, who is like <laughs> maybe maybe he's hit his ceiling at 22 years old. I think that's even the players who are young who like we hate on the most here, like OG Ananobi and stuff like that. Like, even those guys didn't hit their ceiling at 22 years old. And we talk about how fucking overrated and whatever they are. But, like, <laughs> you got to be, like, a legit bum to, like, peak at 21. Like, the, fucking random role players get better after age 22. <laughs> the, the best part of being, like, of rooting for your team is assigning a ceiling to all other teams' players. And only, like, and always... Seeing paths for improvement to guys on your team. Yeah, no, no. OG Ananobi, bum. RJ yeah. Barrett? Kevin Porter un- Jr., fucking bum. <laughs> All those R- dribbles for nothing. <laughs> RJ Barrett, unlimited potential. No ceiling. Uh, no, like, I think, um, you know, I just, I, I really mean this. Like, I can't 
RJ is not. I, we will talk about my favorite player on the team. Uh, <laughs> maybe my favorite player ever. But like, RJ is not my favorite player on the team. But like, I do like really love an RJ fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. And like, I really, I want him to like succeed here. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of JID, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally just love the uh, the the earbud tap functions. Those are really nice. Uh, the awareness mode is also great because as soon as you turn on your little Bluetooth thing on the phone, it automatically locks in. And uh, let me tell you, I go on a run every single day. I can't hear anything uh, when I have these in. So highly recommend, have enjoyed my usage of them. Uh, go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. For people who don't know on, on, on listening to this, there's been so many times where, like, especially earlier in his career, where I'd get fucking pissed at RJ way more than you would think, given I don't, like, publicly slander him on podcasts <laughs> or Twitter. And Schwinn would just, I would just like rant to Schwinn, like, this motherfucker can't do his job and hit an open layup. And Schwinn would just be like, can you relax? He's like 12. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I, all right, here's a question, right? We'll do this for RJ since I think we both agree, like, what, whatever we, if you think he's not the best prospect or whatever, I don't think it's an understatement at all to say he's by far the most important pop prospect player for the Knicks. Yeah. Um, over like or not over under gun to your head rj barrett does he make an all-star team within the next three seasons uh yeah i would say yeah although i will say like this is a dumbass cop-out but like if they really do have two new western expansion teams and move memphis and new orleans then it's gonna be a lot fucking harder just because of those guys but that probably won't happen for a couple of years though anyway oh that's true yeah it's not like they're gonna do that shit immediately um 
Yeah, I would say yes, only because and and if you asked me this like two months ago, I would have said no. But um, when I was doing the pull up deep dive and looking at his drives and all that shit, like I don't, I re, I truly think that the the things you're asking for are not they're not difficult. I would, I don't even like calling them leaps. Like people talk about, RJ has to make a leap. He doesn't really have to make a leap. He just has to get a teeny bit better at maybe a couple of things and it would just have a disproportionate impact on his game right like it's almost like a like pick like Shaq or not I'm not obviously I'm not fucking saying RJ Barrett is Shaq but like when you think of a center who is really good at scoring and sucks at free throws and then one season later in their career they go from like 55 to like 75 percent from the line that shit is a huge deal for their impact like that's the kind of thing you're looking at with RJ right now, like little things that can make a big, a big impact on his game. And there was nothing last year that I really expect to get worse this year, which is also the case sometimes with young players. Um, like there was nothing flukily weird in the positive way. So, um, yeah, I mean, if anything, yeah. I think you would argue like, yeah, he probably didn't perform at the level that, and I, and I don't want to, I want to be very careful with how he worded this. I don't want to say perform. He didn't hit the shooting splits that he probably will moving forward. Yeah, the bar was really high after his second year where he was cashing all them shits, mostly from catch and shoot and all that. So, um, yeah, I would say he like underperformed as a shooter for sure. Um, his his pull-up shooting, like when he do- didn't jump off of two-foot hops... Like, his misses were every fucking direct. It's not like a lot of guys, they'll miss one way. Like, Julius, Obi's a great example. He misses long. Like, most of his misses are just long. Sometimes he'll miss right from the corner, like, when his depth perception is all fucked up. But usually he misses long. Julius, you know, he usually misses short. RJ was missing, like, all types of fucking ways. So, um, you know, he's got a lot of... It doesn't take much for him to get better in that respect, and if he gets better in that respect, then he becomes really dangerous. I'm just thinking about like when guys go under screens. Like when guys go under screens, you don't need you have more way more time to do what you need to do from a footwork perspective. So you don't need to have like the Steph Curry trigger or something like that. You just need to do very basic stuff, and I don't think him and the people he works with are oblivious to that stuff. So we'll see, but I I'm just, it, it's a, he's closer to it than people think. Um, all right. We spent enough time talking about RJ. Let's talk about Obi because I, I think you have thoughts on Obi more than I do. I'm like, I mean, not that I don't think about Obi, but I'm like, I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I like know that he's a crazy I don't. I don't even. He's like a crazy offensive player. I don't know if there's a real appreciation for like, and it's there because is. yeah, I, and it's because he doesn't get minutes. But like, yeah, I, I don't know if people realize like what this dude is doing. Like he's like a sixty true shooting dude, you know, and he's not even good at shooting threes yet, right? Like he's basically in a scoring machine but he's if you 
I mean, look, if we used him appropriately, I think I don't think it's a coincidence that basically in every start he had, he just like is like automatic double digit scorer. Um, and I'm not just like you know, on like ten shots, right? (laughs) I just, but like he's really hard to capture. I think appropriately for me in a lot of ways because I find the he's such he's a really unique offensive player. Like I don't know if I remember a big man that scored the way he does, which is like, he's just constantly moving off the ball. I've seen a lot of like John Collins comparisons. Sean Marion. Yeah. And even like Marion, like I don't, he did not, Marion did not have the scoring potential that Obi has. And I'm not sure he like even move. Like it's just the way he moves off ball. I, I really, struggle to like think of a guy who yeah ever played that way and we don't even fucking run that's the other yeah. thing like <laughs> can you imagine if obi toppin was like on the grizzlies or some shit he I scored, like, a fucking bazillion... warriors. any of those fucking running gun teams that have like passers it would be crazy i mean he would be uh, I, I really think this like i know that look he was never gonna get picked number two overall but i really believe that like the obi toppin conversation is totally different. Totally different if he went to the Golden State Warriors. Because I can't think of a player who, like, fits... I I can't even, like, imagine him in a system where they're like, yeah, all of that passing and moving shit that you do, that's going to work great here. That's perfect. That's what we want you to do, actually. Because that's what we all do. Yeah, yeah, there's not an appreciation for it, and... The thing, the thing is, like, even if, even if you're low on his defense, like, you're talking about a, like, who, who's like a good scoring, like, six man big type, like Trez, maybe, like when he's at his best or something. Like, you're talking like a fucking Maybach, Rolls Royce, super fucking version of that, where like, you don't want the guy. You, there's it's dicey to play a guy versus good offenses because of his defense, but you know he's going to absolutely just fill it up on offense versus anybody. That's what you're really talking about um, with Obi. And then I agree, the passing differentiates him from a lot of other guys who have kind of filled that athletic go-go shooting inside-out, outside-in like John Collins or... I don't know. Derek Favors never really shot it like that. Sean Marion, whoever. Um, I don't know. You got to go back to like Kirilenko or some shit. But like, and and even Kirilenko's like he's never that type of scorer, right? It's just like yeah, he's such a fucking weird player, and it's I. That's what makes it even more frustrating that like we're probably looking at another season where he's not playing a ton of minutes because you're just like, like I I just don't know. It's so hard to project it when, when you the guy don't... who the guy who comes up for me is like, and they're they're almost the reverse in many ways is Michael Porter Jr. Because, Ugh. yeah, I know your best, your bestie, <laughs> um, your favorite player who you have tatted on your ass, yeah, um, yep. both cheeks, uh, exactly. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. doesn't pass. Obi's a great passer. Michael Porter Jr.'s an amazing shooter. Obi's we're waiting for him to have a consistent shooting season. Obi's 
but what they're similar is they're big power forwards who like you might have questions about some parts of their game but like per minute per possession they're gonna fill that shit up without dribbling the ball a lot without having plays called for them and Porter Jr. got paid $40 million because of that. And obviously, shooting is like the be-all, end-all, so it's not quite analogous to Obi's skills, but you, it, it's like the fact that you can count on probably one or two hands the players who score 30 points per 100, who can score like 28, 29, 30 points per 100 possessions and are not stars on one hand um two hands that which obi is in that company like that's that's remarkable like he's like yes if julius randall plays like a fucking all-star again great and like we'll have obi give us the best most amazing backup minutes ever but the greatest 14 minute per game player of all time I mean, that's basically what they want for him right now. So, like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'll be rooting for him to kill it in his 15 minutes at this point. But, um, yeah, he's... I In terms of, like, granular next steps for him, um, obviously the big one is the shooting. We saw it come on last 25 games. That is a small sample. Would I be surprised if he was a whack shooter again? Yes. But it wouldn't... I don't think it's, like, automatic is automatically something we can uh, dismiss. Like, it's definitely possible. Um, after Julius, what happened to Julius? Like, I'm not going to dismiss any fucking regression possibilities ever again. But um, I do think he had some mechanical changes, and I hope that uh, he can... He won't shoot, because he shot, like, over 40. Like, he's not going to do that. But if he could shoot, like, 36%, that's fine. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.